This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. My name is Nick. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share, all those kind of things. Ever since our last episode, and in our last episode, we interviewed a professional dominatrix, Miss Elena DeLuca, we have gotten a lot of really interesting comments, and we've noticed a lot of really interesting people suddenly following us on social media. So I want to take a minute to just say to everybody, you do you. If you want to live your life in a certain way, that is completely fine. If you're not hurting anybody, you do you. And I think that's going to be the general theme of this episode because coming up, we're going to be talking to social media influencer, TV news anchor, and celebrity ghost blogger, Kinsey Schofield, about the role that social media has played not only in her life, but it continues to play in our lives as well. She's got some really interesting stories and some great advice if you're just starting out a business, a brand, anything like that on social media. But I think that it's interesting in the sense that we also get to talk about how I think that people have become more comfortable with people that they don't know than with the people that they actually do. Like the internet allows you in some ways to be who you really are. Because when you're around people that know you, you feel like you have to act a certain way. And I don't know if that's entirely a good thing, but I think that it's definitely an outlet for people. Also coming up on this episode, we're going to talk with John Shaw. And John Shaw is having a little bit of a podcast crisis because he wants us, he wants to have more substance to some of the episodes. So we're going to be changing up the way that we do the top five and we're actually are the top 10 and we're going to split it into two different top five. So one of them is going to be the more serious one, which is top five professional wrestlers of all time. And the second top five is going to be my stupider top five of top five most annoying email signatures. First thing we're going to do, though, is we're going to talk with Kinsey Schofield and she has really grown from putting up pictures of her MySpace account to having hundreds of thousands of followers and really being a big social media influencer. How did you get so good at social media? Well, I homeschooled from fourth grade until college, and I think that I was really lonely growing up in social media. It wasn't quite social media yet. It was like AOL chat rooms and, you know, uh, fan bases online. Like, I loved NSYNC. I collected a group of friends through NSYNC's chat rooms and a website I built about NSYNC. I just learned how to communicate well online and how to market online through, you know, just that being my only outlet really growing up. The internet was my primary way of communicating with people and making new friends. Do you have a strategy moving forward to grow things? I mean, do you tweet at a certain time? How do you do it? I'd say my strategy has moved into utilizing my job to get me a new audience. 
because before um, I think I, uh, what helped me is I was a freelance reporter or personality. So I was on the Nancy Grace one day, and then I was on a local station, Channel 12, and, and I had the Jody Arias trial, and I was live tweeting in the courtroom. So before when I really saw a, a bump in growth, I was all over the place, which was a lot of fun, but it was really scary in regards to a paycheck. Right now, I am trying to create strategies through my job at, my, at the ABC affiliate here in New Orleans. Uh, for instance, I do a segment every day called the Daily Download, where I choose five stories that I think are going to take off that have not appeared on our website yet. So I try to catch stories before they kind of take off. I do that on the Daily Download every day. I find five stories. I write it up. It's about a three to four minute segment. Then as soon as the show's over, I sit at my computer. I cut each story into its own web story. I upload that to web. And then at the end of every web article, it says follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So every day I try to create content for television that will translate online. And once it spreads online, I'm hoping that that will benefit me. That's something that you know that, that I found interesting in the sense is that you have a lot of kind of social media personalities that may have thousands, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of followers. But how are they making money off of this? Is that is is that kind of the problem that a lot of people face? I think some people face that problem, but others are have are quick to get free stuff, and maybe they can turn that free stuff around. Or, I mean, I have made I have made a lot of money doing it, but those mo- moments were few and far. For instance, Bing paid me ten thousand dollars to continuously tweet about them during one promotion and to do a little satellite tour for them. It was the greatest <laughs> week of my life. But those experiences weren't around every corner. And I think with so many people now becoming influencers, it's really it's much harder to get those jobs. And which is why I wanted to translate from being an influencer to a, 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 you know, a TV personality and paid for that because I just I, I, I knew that it was fleeting. So I always encourage people to build their own brands and, and use the platform you're given to subtly and, and, and not shamelessly, but subtly use that opportunity to build your own brand and, and attract new opportunities for you. Because you're right, it, it is having a million subscribers and followers. For the most part, they're most like Jake Pauls. They're most, mostly stupid little kids that are obnoxious that you couldn't stand to be in the same room with. But for some reason, they've got millions of little kids that hang on to their every little burp and, and whatever else they do on YouTube, you know? That's that's the thing that I notice the most about when people have a lot of followers is I don't get it. Yeah, I don't I don't understand unless it's nudes and then you're like, well, you know, she's obviously had some work done. Are are most of these people real people in the sense that the people who are following them are they actual people or are these a lot of bots so to speak or just companies that uh, nobody's ever heard of following Go ahead. But I do think watching engagement is one way to be able to determine whether or not that person is sincerely a success or they're faking it. Do you actually – do you like social media or is it more something that you're good at? I I think I love it. I think I'm kind of obsessed with it, but it's also exhausting. And like I said before – that was really my primary my primary way to socialize growing up. I would rather tweet to a quarter of a million people than 
ever go and go to a Jay-Z or Beyonce concert and be stuck around all those people in real life. You know what I mean? That's really so, interesting. Like you, it's, it's your social outlet in some ways. It truly is. I'd, I'd much rather do that. I'd much rather thumb through Instagram and shop than go to a mall. And maybe that says something about myself that's not very positive, but I don't like some of the expectations that are put on people. But I do see the value in it, and I think it's a lot of fun, and it can create a lot of great stuff. But at the same time, it can be pretty awful, too. I mean, I've, I've seen the negative, and I've seen the positive. What advice would you give to a woman who it seems that they can post something that's very relevant, that's insightful, that's thought-provoking, and that gets no traffic, and then they can post a picture of them at the beach, and that blows up? Um, Well, I would first I'd suggest you post that thought provoking content under the picture of you in the bikini. I mean, I think that's a no brainer. Um, But no, I know what you're saying. I think in that case, sincere advice would be to reach out. I'm always about uh, you'll notice that Ashton Kutcher did not blow up on Twitter until he challenged CNN to who could get the most Twitter followers. And then whoever did get the most Twitter followers, they were going to donate a certain amount of mosquito nets to a charity. I always say utilize mainstream media or a different media outlet to build your brand online. Always. I mean, when I was first starting, when I was trying to build my MySpace profile, you know, I would hang flyers all over town that had my MySpace logo on, all over my neighborhood that had my MySpace URL on it. And I took an ad out in the Phoenix New Times. The back of the New Times had my my MySpace URL. So I would say if you are a woman and you have something thought-provoking and you have something important that you want to say, is it a letter to your daughter? Is it, um, you know, you had this awkward encounter with a coworker and, and you want to call them out for it? Reach out to some already established blogs that kind of agree with your point of view. It's the blogs that you read. It's Jezebel or um, it's a mom blog that you you visit often so that it'll be like-minded people. And I would reach out to them, explain your circumstances and say, hey, I'm trying to get my message out. But I always suggest, you know, introducing yourself to somebody new that already has an audience. It's like when you order a Papa John's pizza and you can only get a Pepsi product with it. Strategic partnerships are even better when they're online. How do you not go insane with all of the, the social media? Because to me, at least, if I'm on there for more than five minutes, it's just, oh my gosh, you got to do this, you got to tweet this, you got to respond to this. Like, how do you how do you detach yourself from it? Mm. I don't really even know if I want to detach myself from it. I think that I just enjoy it too much. I think that if you need to, then you definitely should. <laughs> But that's a good question. I one that I really, one that I really haven't figured out myself how to completely detach. What's like the general advice that you would give somebody? Is is there one piece that like absolutely don't do this? Absolutely do do this. I mean, I think uh, people look at social media and they think that if they're controversial, surely it'll take off. But social media, it will follow you forever. Whether it's a photo that you just thought you were going to send to a significant other, or you've decided to have an extreme opinion on something because everybody else hates that guy. Assume that everybody in the world, assume you could offend anybody in the world with whatever you're saying. Assume it's going to live forever. You know, think before you tweet. That's something though that I struggle with a little bit, and maybe other people do too, is that the line between something that's really good and slightly crossing the line is just razor thin. And I feel like right. you have to get all the way up to it, but not actually cross over it. I, I 
actually, I do this. If I think that I might be crossing the line, I always hand my phone over to my significant other and I say, is this okay? And if he even like remotely French flinches, then I delete it and I go, well, I thought it was hilarious. Grandmama Vinzant used to say, write a letter, then burn it. Yeah, that's good advice. Well, I will tell you this story that I've never told anybody else. All right. I, I was a social, I was a celebrity social media uh, ghost blogger for a while. And I had this one client who drove me crazy. She was kind of a failed reality star that kept trying to get the next gig. And when Alan Thicke died, she wrote me and asked me if I could Photoshop a picture of her and Alan Thicke together. So she, so her publicist could send it to Us Weekly magazine. And I was like, you know, that's where I, you're not going to be able to utilize my services. That is where I say no. <laughs> that's like, no. But that's kind of where some of the people are as far as desperation is concerned and just trying to stay relevant. And, um, I mean, I, there's just no moral compass there whatsoever, you know. I, and I, so I've had instances like that. And then another woman, um, before I started working for her, she bought, I asked her, how many Twitter followers did you buy? Like, what am I working with? And this is, this is when, they started showing likes and retweets because for a while you couldn't see likes or retweets. And now I'm going, I don't know if I want to take you on if I'm trying to hustle any sort of engagement and these are all fake. And so I said, how many did you buy? And she said, well, I, I wanted as many as Oprah. And I was like, girl, you, why would you have as many as Oprah? No one knows who you are. And so I knew she had these fake accounts. I took her on cause I was like, okay, maybe I can try to, maybe I can try to work around this. I was like going to give it 60 days at the max. And so she was on a show, and one of the girls started calling out all of the other girls for having fake followers, and it was like ending up in the papers. And so she calls me, and she was like, well, what do we do? This girl is after me, and she's after this girl and that girl. And so what I did was I bought this other woman followers. So now she looked like she was guilty of followers too, and she had to stop talking about it, and the, and the story just died. So there's it just goes to show like – how petty even celebrities are when it comes to social media and how needy they are too for that 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 acknowledgement and that attention that sounds crazy to me but is that pretty commonplace <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean even leanne rhymes i mean there was i did a story um with, oh i'm sorry i have dogs by the way oh no I worries did a, i did a story with abc a few years ago about celebrities buying social media uh, at the time it was just followers because engagement was harder to fake back then but even leanne rhymes was buying them and i was saying to abc all she has to do is put her twitter handle on every ticket she sells even if it's just you know at the time it was primarily printed tickets or, or something you could even print yourself but i'm like put your twitter handle on your ticket at every single concert you're at put it on the screen you are uh, in a position where you don't need to buy social media followers you know do you think that people get too caught up in that? Like, well, they've got because that's the first thing I look at, and I I will say that I evaluate people based on like, oh, they must be they must be legitimate. They've got this, right? I definitely think people get too caught up in it, and it's it's kind of irrelevant because you think about the type of people that follow this. So, what this this girl has so many followers. This girl does not post any sincere content. She's half naked in all of her photos. You know what I mean? So, it shouldn't be based on how many followers. It should be the you know the it, the, the quality over quantity. It, it's really the way we should think about that, that stuff. I have an, a little bit of an issue with social media. Is 
the amateurs seem to rise to the top and the professionals do not. I think it's because they're fearless, though. I think the professionals have their ultimate objective in the back of their mind. They're more cautious about everything that they do because they see the light at the end of the tunnel and they're not going to do anything that might... um, that might put them in jeopardy and might set it set them back and these these the, the new people are just completely fearless they have nothing to lose so they can post that borderline edgy video and they're not going to get in trouble because nobody knows who they are but I, I, do they ultimately crash and burn at the end i think that they're it's it's a 15 minutes thing where they do inevitably they're inevitably irrelevant we forget about them. How far back can you like someone's post without being a little bit creepy? Oh, uh, I'd say six months. That's that's a lot farther than I thought you would say. I feel like that's a <laughs> long ways back. I don't know. I feel like, ah, let's just catch up on the last half a year as, as a normal thing. I think if you go like a year deep, then it's weird. If you are researching someone, which is the best way to research that person? Which, which social media platform is the best word for basically online stalking them? I'd say, the, I'd say their Facebook because their mom has probably tagged them as their child. And then you go to the mom's page and then you go to the uncle's page and you see if they're like a crazy racist or alcoholic or something. You know, you can really go deep on, the, on Facebook where on Instagram and stuff, it's kind of harder to, to – and it's totally different demographic. That's brilliant. I never even thought of that. <laughs> You're at such a higher level than, than I even. I've never even thought of doing that. That's that's good advice. Thank you, thank you. Is there a limit on selfies? Oh yeah, that drives me so crazy. And you'll notice even with myself, I try to have somebody else take the picture because I think it is. It looks totally different for you to have a camera in your freaking face versus somebody else to take your picture. That drives me crazy. And the worst is when it's not like. I get when you're 20 years old and you are out every Friday in Old Town Scottsdale. I get that. You've got nothing else to document. That's fine. But when it is an older woman, like I, um, there are some women in Scottsdale that are like in their 50s and then they use that filter on their face. It looks like they've smothered butter all over their face. And you're just (laughs) like, this is terrifying. I think... I think you should definitely try to space out. I don't even think you should do two selfies in a row. I think you should definitely try to space out your selfies. It should not be what your feet entirely looks like. That drives me crazy. And I think it says way more about you than you could ever comprehend if that's the person you are. My personal pet peeve is the the kind of leading you somewhere selfie where they act like they're holding somebody's hand, but they're clearly just got the camera behind them that drives me crazy oh my gosh and you're like uh, you're going to walmart we get it can men post a straight up selfie i don't know you know what i was gonna say no and then i thought of our mutual friend justin fazera i will i would look at his pictures all day long but if it's like i don't know but then there are some guys where it's like this is weird for you and me but there are some guys that can pull it off can you, is there such a thing as following someone too quickly? Oh, I don't think so at all. And actually, uh, because 
I'm probably more socially awkward than other people. I don't like to give out my cell phone. I'll say, here, let me email you right now. Uh, what's your email address? Or I'll say, I'm going to follow you right now. Or let me take a picture and I'll tag you. That's the way I – and I also think that's a great way to stay on someone's radar if you're trying to network with them. If they have something you want or you want to continue to pick their brain, what a good way to network. Immediately follow them engage with them immediately and aggressively. I mean, not in a creepy way, but if they're posting stuff, like it, comment, that is the way you're going to stay on people's radar that you admire and you want to know more about. Can you do too much? I, I think posting on Instagram too much and posting on Facebook, I think that those are like sacred, kind of sacred places and people don't want to be bothered by stuff they don't care about. So I'm, I'm more uh, picky in, in those arenas. But I think that Twitter is a fun place that you could and, – and Twitter is almost more fun if you're watching conversations between people. So if you are communicating with people on there all day long, it is, it's a great source and it's good entertainment and it is a place where you can play all day long. If you're a man and you see a woman that you would like to talk to, what is the best way to do that and not come off like a weirdo? Oh, man. On the internet. It's pretty wow. hard, isn't it? You kind of – Yeah. I think you probably make her laugh. I guess that's the only way I would I would be funnier than she is funny. Or I would, you know, when she says something that you can bounce off of, that's how I would pursue it. But I would definitely not slide into the DMs and be like, you're so pretty. Because I'm always like, well, I'm going to pretend I didn't see that. I'm always fascinated by guys. A woman will post a picture and there'll be a, a couple of guys that will comment something. And it's like, didn't you see that the last three guys said something similar? You creep. Like, how desperate are you? I don't. I don't get it. Like, did you think that the woman is just going to? You know what? I've got to call Rex twenty one seven. Like, yeah. <laughs> I I don't understand Peter, it. Peter four four thirty six looks like a handsome guy. I'm just gonna take a. I'm gonna take a leap here. I don't think yeah. that's ever happened. Do you think that has ever happened? Not no way, not not at all. Unless there's some sort of motive, like I'm going to steal all of your money. You look loaded. Can I exploit my child for more followers on social media? Oh yeah, I, yes. You, yeah. you can exploit your kids. I do it with Logan. My son's name is Logan. But once he becomes recognizable in the sense that people could tell this isn't just a baby, then I'll stop doing it. Right, and once he can be like, I don't feel like my, having my picture taken right now. This is a decision I'm making. For people to see that aspect of your life, it breaks down kind of it, it breaks down who they thought you were. Can you friend request an ex? Oh, man. I think I'm only friends with one of my exes, and that's because he told me two years ago that I would never be a morning show host. So I just want to make sure he knows I am one. <laughs> what a jerk. After a breakup, how quickly do you need to bring down all pictures of the ex? Oh, I mean, I think you do that before the words even come out of your mouth. I had an ex-girlfriend that we were dating. We were actually living together, and she changed her profile picture. And as soon as I noticed it, I was like, oh, we're about to break up. Oh, no. Were you right? Yeah. <laughs> do you think that, that somebody's social media account is really an accurate reflection of their lives? No way. I like, on Friday nights, I like to watch Dateline NBC. I do not like to leave my house. I do not like to, I don't like to wear fake eyelashes. But if you look at my social media profile, it looks like I am a woman about town. Yeah, I live in a bright rainbow bubble. 
I mean, for me, I'm trying to attract the lifestyle I would want by what I put out on the internet. So I'm not going to be like crappy day to day, hate this. This is the worst. People are not who they they say they are on the internet. There's always an, an objective. But I feel like the social media thing is supposed to be your real life, but it's not anyone's real life. Yeah, I think that that's, there's an argument to be made about that, but also maybe that's a hole to fill. Maybe somebody creates the social network that's, this is where you go to be real. I just wrote down, dudes are crazy, what should you do? (laughs) Well, I block a lot of people. Um, You know, if you Google me, one of the first things that comes up is a wiki feet account. Like, there's literally people that... I will post a picture and they will just crop my feet and they upload it to a website about feet. So, you know, if I can see somebody that see, see that somebody is unhinged and they're a creep, I try to block them. Can you like too many things at one time? Like if you go down somebody's Instagram feed and just go like 10, 15 deep, is that too many? <laughs> I think it depends on the person. If you just met somebody that's your spirit animal, heck no. Like 50 of them because they're going to giggle when they open up their phone and see that but if again if it's like a networking thing you just met somebody you'd love to work with in the future or uh you just added your friend's boyfriend definitely not do do most celebrities run their own accounts or is that basically all manufactured out uh, elsewhere uh most celebrities have a team of people i mean even reality stars they have now have people that they consult with somebody's just starting out I would say figure out who you want your demographic to be. Don't just throw stuff at a wall and hope that you you will attract whoever. Decide who you want to attract. Release content regularly. Be consistent in the content you release. Have some backups. Like if you're a mom blogger, I'd say put together a bunch of positive quotes um, that, that will inspire women that are, when they see your stuff, they're going to repost that because they're having a bad day too. And then find other people that are like you or similar to you and engage with their audience so that they see that you exist. Okay, so now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call. And we have kind of a weird contradiction in that John says that he's very busy, he's only got 15 to 20 minutes, but he also told me that he just bought a Nintendo. So let's figure out exactly what's going on in this guy's life. He's not going to do the restaurant thing also. I think he's at work. He's going to try This is going to be professional, John. Let's see what it sounds like. Diddy, how can we help you? <sighs> what What did you even say? Pizza City, how can we help you today? What accent is that? What are you even saying? It's my pizza delivery voice, man. Tell you what. Woo-wee. Have you ever even been to the South? I lived in the South. You did not live in the South. I don't think Orlando, Florida is considered to be the South. Uh, what would it be called then? It's just Florida. I mean, if you're asking, I, yes, I have been to the South. If you're talking like Georgia, Tennessee, um, uh, I, Arkansas, I guess. I don't really think that's South, though. I don't think that I've ever really encountered a redneck pizza person. You've never covered what? What? You've never uh, encountered a redneck ever? No, not working at a pizza place. I don't think that's generally where rednecks work. Where would rednecks work then? I think they usually work in auto repair places. I think that they also usually. 
You know, you're going to run into them. A lot. I think they usually work with city services. I don't think – and listen, we're not disparaging rednecks. I just don't think they generally work at pizza places. <laughs> I think the fact that you said we're not disparaging against rednecks is uh, disparaging enough because that term is technically not politically correct. Well, I think it depends on how you are referring to them. There's people who are very proud to say it. It's kind of like hillbilly in West Virginia. It just depends who you're talking to and at what time. Woo-wee. Well, I, I'm going to do the whole damn uh, segment in this voice, okay? Uh, no. I don't think that's good. you what? I love you. This is, this is so much worse, so much worse than your fake Australian accent. Oh, shrimp on the barbie, mate. Can you do an Australian redneck? Uh, that's going to be awfully tough. Let's try, though. I tell you what, mate. We're going to go down to the country store and get us some shrimp on the barbie, mate. That was really bad. Was... But it, ironically, it wasn't as... I would actually say that was better than the other ones that you've done. I don't know if you know this, but uh, I'm actually going to be contracted here soon to become a uh, a voice performer. Oh, is it for um, uh, Valtrex? <laughs> no, I'm taking over uh, that Allstate commercial guy. Valtrex. Serrano. Valtrex for our listeners are, is Herbie's medication. So wait a minute, though. If you were offered, how much money would you have to? How much money would it take to get you to be a spokesperson for something like a herpes medication or gonorrhea medication or like I have erectile dysfunction? Something kind of embarrassing. I wouldn't. It, it would take no money. Like I would do it for any money. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you would do it no matter what. Yeah. Wouldn't I mean? Wouldn't you? I mean, money's money. Like I'll stand on TV and. And, and tell people to drink horse blood if it makes me money. I'm, okay, but let's say Toyota wants you to market their new car and they're going to give you a thousand bucks. Valtrex wants you to market their new herpes medication. They're going to give you a thousand and ten. Which one are you taking? Oh, I'm, I'm doing the Valtrex. That extra ten dollars, baby. Yeah, that that that'll buy some formula, or some diapers, or uh, the double cheeseburger for me. I'd like your thought process. I don't disagree with it. I have been told by multiple people this week already that uh, I'm going to be a fantastic father. So Now it is time for the tip of the week. John Shaw is here with the tip of the week. His ideas are so big you can only handle the tip. So here he is with just... The tip of the week. What's your tip of the week? Tip of the week <laughs> is if I give you, you know, if you give me a total for something and I give you $2, I expect the change back, okay? Just because it's like a dollar ninety-seven, and I give you $2, that doesn't mean you get to keep the three pennies. Why would you want them? Hold on. Apparently, though, nowadays you're su- you're supposed to say whether or not you want that change back or have the restaurant keep it. I, I was unaware of that. So my tip of the week is if you're going to pay in cash and you're expecting some kind of change back, make sure you, you know, and, and it's and it's small amounts, you know, like usually less than 10 cents, I guess, from what I was reading. But you have to make, you know, you have to make them aware that you want the change back. 
Your tip of the week is ask for change. You, this could be deep philosophical stuff that just sounds stupid. We don't know. I mean, you know, I, I have to give us a, a quick compliment. Uh, I had somebody that I don't know very well come up to me and tell me that they listen to the podcast and they actually enjoy it and they like the fact that I call in on a cell phone because it's like two guys chatting on the phone and they think that that's cool. Was it one of your relatives? No. Oh, that's pretty good then. Well, you tell that person thank you and that we'll be sending them a t-shirt. If we ever decide to make t-shirts. <laughs> not, not a profoundly pointless t-shirt, just a random... You know what? That's what we're going to do with our people, our guests on the show. We're just going to send them a random t-shirt. Just one of our personal t-shirts. By the way, you're, uh, the, the dominatrix get... Huge hit I hear on social media. I heard that that blew up. My um my current follower list on social media, and for people who don't know, I'm a, a TV news anchor, and my list on my my follower list now on my professional accounts is suddenly filled with um some very interesting people, which <laughs> which How did you explain that one to the wife? Like, oh hey, uh, I'm going to be interviewing a dominatrix today. Uh, not for my actual job, but uh, for this podcast I'm doing. I was shocked she didn't say anything. Uh, yeah, that, she hates you. That, that's why. She doesn't care anymore. Do you think that my wife has mentally left me, although she physically has not? Uh, well, listen, I know nothing of your, of your uh, intimate life, and I don't need to, but uh, I'm pretty sure she's left you in that regard as well. So your tip of the week is to always ask for change. How much change did you end up getting back, and did you cause a scene? Three cents. And I didn't really cause a scene, but, okay, so I got to go off on another tangent here, by the way, for a quick second, which is going to make it sound like a real asshole. So, well, I mean, uh, getting in a fight over three cents has already pretty much solidified it. First off, that, that wasn't a fight, but one thing that I absolutely hate, I mean, I, I despise it is when you're somewhere, it doesn't have to be at like a fast food restaurant either. It can be at like a store nowadays. But you're getting ready to check out and they go, oh, you can round up your total and donate the, you know, donate 65 cents to the Michigan Children's Network. Like, why do you have to guilt me into wanting to donate money? If I wanted to donate a dollar, if I wanted to donate to a cause, I would. Way to put me on the spot. Yeah. I, I understand. I mean, why have sympathy for those blind kids? I mean, listen, if you grew up like I did, you know, my whole life is just one sympathy story, so. Do you come up with an excuse when that happens, or do you just flat out say no? Problem is, I don't say no, usually. Usually, I, I, it's like the parking space thing. You know, I get, they, they confront me, and then I'm like, oh, oh, okay, here, I'll donate. I do feel like you're probably, you stutter a lot when confronted. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Like, I'm not. Afraid See, look, of I just confronted you, and you just started stuttering. I'm not afraid of confrontation if I'm mentally ready for it. That's fair. I I, I understand what you mean by that. That's fair. Oh, well, would you like to donate the remainder of you know the amount that you owe to charity? No, I wouldn't. Thank you very much. I really like this. I like the new John Shull of the last two episodes, in which your quest is to offend everyone. Are we so John made this suggestion to me that he wants to have more substance in our top 10 list and my suggestion was why don't we do like a serious 5 and then a stupid 5 and let's see what his are you 
what's what do you want to do here? I mean, once again, you have no plan. I mean, I have I have multiple top ten lists here ready to go for for different topics. So let's. Uh, which, I thought you I'm wanted just, more. Do you want to do top five professional wrestlers and top five worst email signatures? We'll do both of them. I mean. Do you even know five wrestlers? I think we could call this like the idiot in the expert where you know a lot about professional wrestling and I'm just going to put out an idiot's opinion. I mean, that's fine. We we can – but like, I, okay, so my top five, like, am I going on personal preference? Am I going on like achievements? I mean, the problem is I know enough about this where I could break it down into like multiple top fives. You got to go generic overall top five. I'm going to go number one, Andre the Giant. I mean, you have to. You, I, I have to pick up Andre as well. Number two, Hulk Hogan. Uh, see, he had his own TV I mean, show. I know. I, I'll put him as number two too. I mean, he he was great. I mean, he, him and Andre were. I mean, they were pioneers for the sport. I mean, there were no in terms of professional wrestling. Both of those guys were just above and beyond everybody else. So number three. Let's hear your number three. Uh, I'm gonna go Dusty Rhodes. I don't even know who that is. The American Dream. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase? <laughs> so, it, it's funny you would mention him, though. So, Dusty Rhodes passed away, unfortunately, I think two years ago. And he has two sons who are in the business. Both were part of the WWE. One who still is. He goes by the name of Goldust. And then he has a younger son, uh, Cody Rhodes, who was in the WWE. They had some issues, and he left. And he now is dominating the international scene and the indie scene. But it's funny you would say Ted DiBiase in reference to that, because Ted DiBiase's son, Ted DiBiase Jr., was also a wrestler who got canned by the WWE and now is teaming with Cody Rhodes in the indie circuit. I don't know if I've ever cared less about any conversation we have had. Well, let's just get this over with. So, so then wait, I'm you go, said uh, you're going number three, Dusty Rhodes. I'm going to go ahead, knowing nothing about wrestling, say that's completely wrong, and I'm going to go ahead and put in Macho Man Randy Savage because he was in Spider-Man. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were going to say that. I honestly knew you were going to pick him. Also had, because... a, also had a well-selling rap album. <laughs> Which I own, by the way. Uh, I'm going to go number four. Uh, the Texas Rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're going to put Stone Cold above John Cena? God, yes. In terms of what he did for the sport, yes. Okay. I mean, I disagree, but I don't know anything about it. Who's your number five? Uh, so number five is a crapshoot. I mean, you can go John Cena. You can go uh, Ric Flair. You can go uh, The Undertaker. Yokozuna? Uh, no. Um uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, you can go Owen Hart, you can go Bret Hart. Um, Jimmy Superfly Snooker? Uh, he was good. He, he's probably in the top. How about you just name the rest of the WWE uh, superstars that you can think of? Um, that you haven't already named? The 4x2 guy? Who's the guy that had a 4x2? Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah, I guess he had a 2x4, not a 4x2, which really hey. either one. Either one should be technically correct. I don't know why you can't also call it a four by two. All right, let's. I tell you, what, you've done it. You've done well Booker enough. T. Let's go. Let's go to the email signatures. All right. So 
this in no particular order, the email signatures that annoy me the most, I'm going to go with best. When someone just like, puts What does that mean? What is that what, what do that you mean? mean? Yeah, what what do you best what? Like best day, uh best, you know, thumb up my ass. Like well, like what are you telling me to be best at? Why can't you also then just put like best wishes or yeah. I don't understand. It's just plain best that annoys me. Uh all these fucking hipsters nowadays uh that have the signature please consider the environment before printing this email. Oh yeah. Who I've never printed an email in my life. Uh, well, I have. I mean, on occasion, it's not common, but I have. But it's just you know, if I want to print my fucking email, I'm going to print it. It's your like, damn email. Don't tell me what to do about email. it. Yeah, there's I agree enough, with there's that. Enough trees, like get the get the fuck over yourself. And you can you always recycle it too. Yeah, the please consider the environment one. I agree with you. That's I don't appreciate that. I'm going to go with people who send and, like, sent from blank phone. Excuse the typos. How about you take a little time, get off your fucking mobile device, and send an email that's worth reading then? Exactly. Did you not put any thought into responding to me? Because I may have taken as much as an hour to write you this email, and you can't even spell here the correct way? That's complete garbage. Okay, what else Uh, you got? I have cheers, but that and it's only okay to me if you're actually from the UK. Completely agree. Completely agree with you. No cheers. I'd also accept potentially. Yeah, that's really only Great Britain is basically the only one. I was gonna go Ireland, but now I don't feel like Ireland. I don't think like Denmark. You can't do any of those. It's only Great Britain. You're correct. Maybe. Can... <laughs> yeah. Each country can have its own certain email signature that would be acceptable. For sure. Obviously, Australian good day would be okay. Good day might tell you what. I, I, I appreciate when someone signs it off with take it easy, but if somebody just puts taker, no. I've never seen an email signature like that, but uh, I'm, I'm going to take your word for it. That sounds pretty stupid. Yeah. Do you have any more? Uh, so I have uh, when an email signature says this email is confidential i think they all say that don't they for if you're sending it from a work account they're all confidential oh maybe i think it's fucking pointless of course it's confidential it's between me and another person but people print it out uh well well see apparently you don't think it's dumb i i do i think it's a legal boilerplate i don't actually know what that means but i've heard other people say it and i wanted to say it too I have no idea what you just said. You want to put a... Have you ever had somebody put woot woot in an email? Uh, no, but I've gotten text messages say woot woot. You know what I do? I text message that person right back and say, don't ever text me again. <laughs> that's that's, that's exact, exactly the appropriate response. Do you think that men can put any kind of exclamation point or haha or LOL in text messages or any form of written communication? Yes, I, I don't care what sex you are, or you know what gender or ethnicity. I mean, sometimes just to piss people off, I'll just send an LOL. Like they'll send, <laughs> they'll send me this novel text message, and I'll just reply back with an LOL. I work with somebody who's actually been on this podcast by the name of Eric Fink, who sends me very long text messages, and I only re- reply with TLDR, which is too long, didn't read. 
All right, let's hear your best redneck pizza guy. Hey, man, you want this pepperoni pizza, man? I'm going to put my on it. We're going to get down there, man. <laughs> Tell you what. <laughs> it's so awful. Did you buy a Nintendo? No, I have not bought one yet. Which Nintendo are you going to buy? Are you going to buy a Switch? Are you going to buy a Wii 64, the regular, the GameCube, the Discman? Well, I'm, I'm between the Switch and the 3DS right now. That makes no sense to me. There, you can use the Switch as like a mobile thing. Why don't you just buy the Switch? That's a very good point. I guess I didn't think of that. I haven't really done a whole lot of research. I sent you one message about it, and now you're blasting me. Because I think having a Nintendo is the most person is is a major purchase that people should pay attention to and think through. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe. It really helps us out. We really appreciate it. Coming up next week, we're going to start taking guest phone calls. So if you're a listener and you've got something to say, let us know, and we're going to start having you on the show. I want to thank Kinsey Schofield for so, so much for joining us. If you want, she's really easy to find on social media. All you got to do is basically Google the name. Let us know what you thought about the new revamped top 10 list. And if it really does add more substance to the show, remind you real quick, we still do have that profoundly pointless fantasy football contest. The lowest score we had from the first week was 85 points. So if you can beat that, there's a chance that you can win cash. Bye.